Hello and welcome to My Side of the Fence, your weekly quarantino podcast, as always featuring me, Trisha, as well as my lovely, beautiful co-star, Caitlin. Caitlin, how's your week going? You know, it's not too bad. I, uh, I've been having a Chrissy Teigen week as I've been slowly working my way through recipes from her cookbook. Um, and tonight was Tegan Tuesday, which means I made her veggie stew, and it was a fucking banger, guys. I can't even stress enough how good it is. It looked so good. Um, we'll have to put it on our Instagram. I, I guess today. So. Um, but yeah, like going back into our our neighborino quarantino uh, impulses is that like yeah, cooking has been a lot of fun, and since we've both been doing the noom. For the past almost a month now, I've been trying to find in my like dozen cookbooks I have in my kitchen, Noom compatible meals, especially stuff that's large batch, like that stew is, it can uh, make like up to eight servings, which is great. Sounds awesome. Um, And then I can like help with my food prep because I'm excited about trying a new recipe. So yeah, it's been pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, we could make this the, the Noomining and the Teaganing, you know, all together in one little, one little bout. I mean... That's pretty great when you're able to combine two loves like that. Um, that's definitely one thing that I'm loving about Noom is like this reinvigoration of my love for cooking and trying to make recipes more compliant, like in a fun way, though. Not like, well, I can't have that. Like this weekend, Caitlin and I were out, you know, looking for spoopy shit, as always, um, during this time of year. <laughs> and we are we happened upon Target and I, I told her, I told her, I said, I need to find out if Halo Top is okay. I just, I need to find out if there's a treat I can have that's okay. And by God, we scanned it in that Target. We did. And it was a yellow food. We scanned so many foods in that (laughs) Target. (laughs) Well, also, I mean, we know companies rebrand a lot, but it's very frustrating when a company rebrands and they can't, you can't register their food on your food tracking app. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, thanks, Target, since now things are no longer Archer Farms or whatever right? the hell you guys used to I don't use, want to be good and to like gather. Good and plenty. Or, <laughs> good and yeah, plenty. Good and gather, which sounds like a housewares brand, right. Target. And now none of your shit is in the app anymore, Target. Thanks, Target. And it's kind of a problem. Yeah, it's not yeah, great. Target. I, I don't I don't enjoy that. I have to like actually read the nutrients and all that stuff like a garbage monster. Who's got time for that? I mean, we did, but uh. I don't. I don't have. Any, I, I did have time for it. Yeah, I actually set, checked several. Uh, we still of them kept trying to, the good to and sure. gather. We we knew, but we kept trying anyway. <laughs> yeah, good and gather more like good and obnoxious. Good, like, good and tasty, I guess, was, but like. I guess. Good and not easy. Uh, right. But no. Uh, good and inconvenient. Good and inconvenient. Uh, for those of our listeners who may also be on their own Newmaning, um, the Halo Top strawberry flavor is a yellow food. So, Ayo. Ayo. And it's 230 calories per pint, but 100 calories per serving. Just so you guys know. You can fit it. It's true. It can be fitted. Fit, fit that. It's true. But um, it can fit. <laughs> that's the nice thing about noom is that like really most anything you can you know as long as you're strategic about how your day looks and and you're mindful of the fact that like you're making the choice you're making you can make a lot of things work in terms of your foods which is yeah and i mean when we were there i also got a loaf of whole wheat bread which felt weird uh because again (laughs) still learning how to reintegrate bread into my life uh with how to how to carb how to carb um to use a sarah cooperism (laughs) how to carb how to carb 101 open noom but yeah no uh it's been pretty fun to be able to cook again it's been nice which i mean is especially true you know with our, our pandemic state but also the state of colorado which is currently on fire meaning we can't really even go anywhere within the state because it's it's on fire there's smoke everywhere there's ash it sucks and it's just generally unpleasant to be outside so we might as well cook exactly i mean there is a bright side to having a pandemic and having to wear mask a mask other than you know not getting the pandemic um is that we have a barrier in front of our faces and the smoke which is really nice uh being somebody who you know, has had to wear masks in fire season in Colorado for like 20 years. Um, <laughs> it's 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 nice to like have everybody do it and realize what it's like, too. So I hate the fact that our state's on fire, but oh, my God. Um, <laughs> and now at least we have a 30 day fire ban, I guess, which is good. Yeah, that's something. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think the thing about the fires that's really interesting is that um, even in a non-pandemic year, there's usually a portion of the year that Colorado has the potential to be on fire. So the fact that it's on fire to this extent with like firefighters coming in from like other states to help us out and like it encroaching on really like historic areas and uh, cool scenic places that normally like in, in the time of COVID, I know a lot of my coworkers especially have, you know, taken to going up to like a cabin in the mountains for their weekend away instead of like going out to the bars or doing whatever people normally do when they're allowed to socialize. So it's it's just frustrating that like our one out <laughs> that we've had available to us living in, you know, a state that is so good about like the great outdoors inning. Um it's just frustrating that that's just been cut off. But yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying about like, you know, it's like everyone's having to even more so be aware of dangers to, you know, their, their bodies by exiting their homes and being aware of that is just kind of like, oh, yeah, like other people need to understand this. Well, not only that, but like people are also, I think, being even more cautious, too, because obviously COVID is a respiratory uh, thing. Uh, words are right. gone uh it's respiratory based so people are not breathing well because of the smoke so they're like oh my god do i have it like you know so they're being a little bit more cautious with their actions and spacing and people are doing a lot better in our state about wearing masks and it's you know mm-hmm. like it's it's doing it um but yeah it's, it's kind of cool it's kind of cool i was glad to see polis put in the 30-day fire ban uh i'm i mean yeah. i i loved how kyle kyle clark today was like and now we'll see a population of Colorado set themselves on fire in response um, <laughs> because there are so many people that were against the like anti mask or the mask mandate that like just reacted similarly. <laughs> True. Spe- speaking of Kyle Clark, I don't know if you caught it on Twitter last night for the first night of the Democratic National Convention. Um, Bernie Sanders, I guess, gave his address in front of a giant like wall pile of, of wood. wood logs. Yes, and you know how Kyle Clark has his little circle of wood logs. Yes, and he was like. I need someone to chop down a tree and bring me an entire tree's worth of wood to my home immediately. <laughs> right. He's I, like, I need to, like, one-up Bernie Sanders. Because Bernie Sanders just dunked on him. Like, even uh, Bernie Sanders doesn't know who the fuck Kyle Clark is. No. But, like, you know, mm-hmm. the idea that, like, they're having this weird wood background off. That, like, Bernie Sanders is not actively participating in this. No. That's just being Clark a Vermont person, I guess. He's, he's he's really excited about it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, do you need a... I think I saw somebody, actually, that was like, uh, do you need somebody to help you with copyright? And I just laughed so hard when I saw that. And I was like, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. It was been an interesting couple of days for the de- Democratic Convention. And it's kind of also showing that people don't know how a convention works. Yeah, um, it's weird living in Colorado because for for those that know me, I am from the East Coast, and not only am I from the East Coast, I spent the better part of eight years of my life living in the District of Columbia. <laughs> and so, you know where politics idea, are, where politics reside, where where the history lives. Yeah, and um, <laughs> got the official address. Like people, it's funny, like on my Twitter, like everyone's like, all right, this is about going like what we thought, you know, the yeah. virtual aspect's interesting. Like there's some weird stuff. All right. Like they're going for that little more like that entertainment e feel because like it's this virtual event as opposed yeah. to kind of a stuffier convention. Yeah. And my Facebook is full of people who live around here who don't understand like the like the almost like parliamentary like style procedures yeah. that are going on and are drawing various strange conclusions like um you know, AOC giving the roll call endorsement for for Bernie Sanders, which again is something that has happened before as tradition. Hillary Clinton was offered that same um, thing in, I believe, 2008. And uh, people are just losing their minds over it. And I'm like, guys, like Fox News isn't even losing their minds over this because it is actually like part of the procedure to do this and part of the tradition, especially when there have been you know, has been a contested primary season, which there has. And it's been particularly ugly because the pandemic and um, other factors have so, in a lot of voters' eyes, like bungled the normal primary process. And so, you know, doing something like that, having the roll call vote for that that second uh, candidate is usually considered to be an honor. And so, like, things like that, like things like uh, Delaware passing. Yeah. Initially for their Why votes, would that's they do so that? because they are Biden's home state. Yeah. And they want to give him the votes that get him over the edge to make him officially the candidate. Yeah. So they came back to Delaware. Yeah, exactly. Like that's, 
again, just little things that, like, if you didn't grow up with this as a part of your, like, cultural understanding of how things work, it's very strange and seems more evocative and and provocative than it is. Um, Because if, if, if party conventions are anything, it is not exciting. No. (laughs) I mean, the last couple of years have been, like, made to be seemed exciting, like, like a big party, but, like, that's not what the purpose is. And, like, no. It's just frustrating to see what I, I mean, I thought it was cool that she was the one that select was selected to give him the yeah, second nomination. As, as the most prominent member of the, the leftist end of the party, like, and, and the most, you know, universally kind of adored amongst the, the younger demographic. I mean, a lot of the speakers actually in the first two days of the convention have been under 50, mm-hmm. which like, again, there's, there's some care and, and thought being put into these things, yeah. but yeah, it was just pretty funny. It, it made me laugh even the more because I'm pretty sure the 2008 convention was in Denver. You guys, it was. It definitely like, it's was. not the first mm-hmm. time you guys have had to deal with this <laughs> because I knew some Hill staffers who had to spread memos around at the time saying, guys, Denver's at altitude. You can get drunk real easy. So Be when careful. <laughs> the proceedings are done for the night and you go out to drink on the town, don't get too hammered and like make a bad example for your state because like none of them were used to drinking at altitude. <laughs> like I remember that being distinctly a thing. Anybody from like Louisiana or even Oregon, because Oregon's technically at some parts under sea level, like uh, just right. behave yourselves, y'all. <laughs> but yeah, it no, was just so I, funny. I don't know if we're just... <laughs> Like, I don't know if people are just, like, more politically inclined in Denver now than they used to be. So, like, they're paying attention more, but they don't... How do I say it nicely? Um, <laughs> they don't know, I guess. Uh, Look, uh, there's, the, like, all the intricacies. That, there's Yeah, there's a lot of nuance. That, yeah. Again, if you did not grow up with it as a part of, like, your cultural understanding of how politics work yeah. and a lot of, like, the pomp and circumstance related to that, if you grew up kind of, like, focusing on local Colorado issues because Colorado for, for a very long time was very insular yeah. and still is to a great extent, yeah. dear Lord knows I will, like, rub my face on everything in this state until they, they <laughs> stop, you know, yelling at me for not being from here. Well, see, yeah, you're doing it thing. wrong. You can't just rub your it's face on it. It's not a thing it. in other states, you guys. You can't like, just rub your Colorado's face on it. You have to pee on a pine like, tree at above altitude. You have to pee yeah. on a pine tree in the mountain on a 14er while wearing your Birkenstocks and you had to drive a Subaru up there. Like, obviously. I'm sorry you didn't oh, get no, the handbook. I've definitely, uh, yeah, <laughs> I've rubbed my body on various parts of Colorado. That's fair. Um, <laughs> in, in, just yeah, disdain for the uh, the no my transplants. Well, guess what? In, I'm like, a DC, native. Very few people are from DC. Yeah, like and right. so you kind of just have to live with it, and you know. But again, that that kind of isolationist uh, viewpoint that under you know as as nice as a lot of Coloradans are, um, kind of gives them like tunnel vision oh, in yeah. regards to some cultural things from like outside their little weird square state. Yeah. Um, and, and again, this is just one of them. This yeah, is just one of those things that like, I'm happy to, to like st- take a breath and be like, Hey, this is actually part of how this works. Like, isn't this interesting? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, for like the fifth time tonight that I saw someone like post, you know, in all caps on their Facebook or whatever, and everyone just being like, what does this mean? And it's like, Ooh, it whoa. means that it's not that big of a deal. Or like, Older liberals saying, oh, well, if this loses us the election, then it's on you guys. And it's like, what? Like, this is how well, and again, it works. The, the journalists <laughs> reporting on this who do know better yeah. have a responsibility to not put a misleading headline out there. Because I, I did see a couple on Twitter that were like, she didn't even mention Joe Biden. It's like, well, she didn't have to. She didn't have she, to. She, she came there to do exactly what she was asked to do. Yeah, she did her job. So again, which, like... Conventions are not generally meant to be, like, full of weird theatrics. Speaking of 2008, like, the Clint Eastwood empty chair weird monologue from the RNC. That was super weird. And it was super weird because people don't do things like that. You know what I mean? Right, no. Um, That's not how people work. It was a very strange thing to do. So, it's, you know, again, in... Then this DNC has been very focused on, again, the unity of the party, the strength in the numbers, like yeah. creating a big tent, because like that's unfortunately, I mean, for, for those who have very specific goals in mind for what they're going to accomplish, it's still a big tent. And that's, you know, the thing that we're going to have to live with until election day. 
and what it looks like after that, you know, the down ballot is is where you you, you make that that change for what you want this to look like in in four years. But, right. Yeah. And I mean, you know, vote local because you like if you're not voting local and you're only really focusing on the presidential. I mean, at least you're participating in something, I guess. But change happens on a local level. And if you're upset with how something is going higher up, then you got to trace those steps back. See who's supporting that. Like, it's not hard. And hopefully, right? I mean, it's it's the Miranda Priestley of it all. Yeah. It's that you know, Anne Hathaway shows up in the blue sweater, and she mm-hmm. goes, you know, I like this sweater. No, you don't. It was chosen for you I by did a it. series of decisions <laughs> that were made that were completely outside of your control. Exactly. And that's ultimately what the presidential candidates are, right? Yeah. Because, like, yes, you, you do vote in the primaries. You do get to. You can phone bank. You can you know go door to door and canvas. You can do all these things. But ultimately, if you're not part of the change at the local level where these things originate and where the the wave starts then yeah you're just wearing a blue sweater at the end of the day exactly and like it's fine if you're going to acknowledge it as such but if you're going to say yes now we you know after the democratic (laughs) national convention is when we're gonna like totally change the tide of like what these candidates are are proposing to us no that's been that's been decided (laughs) based on like a series of you know events that have happened over the course of years and undoing that in six months is just not going to happen right yeah and i mean it's it's it goes back to the point of like continually working towards mm-hmm. like holding people accountable the people that we elect to office holding them accountable and like typically before 2016 the president obviously made a lot of big decisions but there were other parts that worked as well that made other decisions and it's not wasn't solely on the president uh, before again before 2016 and now we're in the hellscape that we're in <laughs> so yeah yeah it's, it's we have not to great. remember it's supposed to be a multi-faceted system uh <laughs> but yeah it, hopefully we can get back to that one day i know well and especially because folks are stuck in their homes for the most part people are unhappy people are noticing that there is either injustice in the world around them and trying to ultimately feeling generally impotent about it. Right. You know, even, even these things that are being done at the local level, like we did have in Denver, there was a city councilwoman who proposed to abolish Denver police and replace them with, you know, community-based programs. And of course she was voted down. Like it was like 11 to one with like one person abstaining. I mean, but people are bringing these things up now. The conversations are happening and they're happening at the local level, which again, like the reason the protests in Greenwood Village were such a big deal, the protests in Aurora, the protests all around our communities are important is to get engaged in the conversation so that then the national conversation shifts. Exactly. And I mean, we get more coverage, like, because who, who a in Colorado would have thought like a, uh, protest in Greenwood Village would have happened and B, that it would get national recognition, you know? Right. Like, yeah. it's not, it uh, it's not something that, yeah, it's, it's good, but like, it's not something that like was at all recognizable. Um, more and more of this kind of stuff is happening on the Denver level too. Like that realtor who worked with Remax, uh, I don't know if you heard about her, but worked with Remax for 50 years. And then today she got fired because she was going around the neighborhood that one of the houses she was selling in, and removing Black Lives Matter signs from in front of the yards of just because she thought it would quote unquote bring down the uh, sales price, and it's like that's not your decision to make. That's not your job. Well, and again, it's it's more of that coded language. Like, what does that really mean? And it means that okay, we're putting it forward that these are neighborhoods that care about social justice. These are neighborhoods that care about you know black and brown folks. These are neighborhoods that care about the fact that there is police brutality. And again, when you're using that coded language of racism to, you know, kind of rework that into that, those kind of palatable terms saying, you know, well, you know, really, if I'm going to sell this to a couple that just wants their neighborhood to be safe and clean and quiet, what they mean is they want it to be palatable to racists. And so like, you know, I think a lot of communities are starting to finally click into gear that like, oh, that's the end game here. And, you know, really taking a stand against it, which is great. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm glad I'm very happy she got let go. I mean, you you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Like, it's just sad that she thought that that was like her place. That was okay for her to do. 
Like Absolutely. I mean, and that's, you know, it's going to be a long road of just smacking down people like that. Right. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> it just goes back into the whole, um, the elder generation, the boomers, they call us snowflakes and entitled. Mm-hmm. And yet, and yet, <laughs> we're not the ones going around removing Black Lives Matter signs. Sure, we'll yeah. remove a Confederate flag. And we'll move a Blue Lives Matters flag, uh, like a thin blue line flag, but we're not going to remove that. Like, like something that's not harmful to most people, unless you're a white racist. Right. Like, He's not, you know, actively trying to dehumanize folks that are experiencing real pain that is being afflicted upon them by a, you know, system of institutionalized racism yeah whatever it's fine it's fine um but yeah i mean it it is interesting everything that's going on especially because on top of everything else we have to worry that you know the uspis the united states postal service is being hijacked by trump cronies yep you know the uh what was the postmaster general is going to be brought before congress this coming week to testify and he's going to get the shit grilled out of him oh yeah and i guess they released a statement saying oh well we'll stop any changes now that we were making before we you know planned after, on after the election so we don't want to make it sound like we were trying to interfere with the election it's like People like Elizabeth Warren were like, um, no, like, you've already done a lot of damage. Yeah, are you going to fix that? you need to, like, that? put the shit back the way it was, you know, and we're going to keep coming down on you. And we're, we're going to also expect your resignation. Uh, like, because what a piece blood. of shit. Um, yeah, no, uh, it, when you said that, to put things back the way it was, it reminded me of Monsters, Inc. So, uh, put that <laughs> in my <laughs> Oh, so help me. <laughs> and Elizabeth Warren being Mike Wazowski about to like slap a bitch oh um, <laughs> that's such no that's such an appropriate like because like i always think of the mike wazowski gag where like his face is always covered up in things like in the commercial <laughs> and like on copies of the dvd people always put the sticker on his face and i'm like yeah there's elizabeth warren doing a lot of fucking work yeah. and she's getting like the sticker over her face and the logo the over her face right? being like Change 2020. I'm in a show! <laughs> right? Oh, God. No, it's like, I want Mike Wazowski and Elizabeth Warren to be in a movie together. So, uh, Billy Crystal and Elizabeth? First of all, I love Billy Crystal. <laughs> I just recently rewatched When Harry Met Sally, which uh, producer Ryan had never seen. And <laughs> he was like, this movie's great. And I was like, I know. How did you get to be in your 30s? and not know that this movie's great trust me i've i've been there <laughs> right but yeah no billy crystal yeah he fucking fucking kills it in that movie one of my and favorite he kills it as mike hosts. wazowski as well but he yeah. he lacks the like raw new york like mm-hmm. mess dick you know <laughs> aesthetic yeah exactly <laughs> in, in monster Inc. he just has monster. the raw monsterville dick aesthetic it's true uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh the US Postal Service thing is ridiculous and I Ugh. am terrified because both my husband and I receive medicine via the USPS. Mine uh is just for my lungs, I say. But the thing that's most frustrating about like my husband's med is, is that he is a vet. He is a war vet and his meds help with his PTSD. And to have that be at jeopardy by the party that, you know, and the and the president that claims that we have to support our troops, we have to take care of our troops, you know, America first, and then they're literally stopping them from getting medicated is frightening and infuriating. It makes me like want to go into a blind rage. Um. <laughs> well, and like the people who are most served by the USPS are elderly folks veterans the chronically ill who need their you know medications mailed to them or because your insurance requires a by mail prescription actually i've had policies that have required them to be using like the united uh health uh mail service for 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 my my scripts so like i mean sometimes you don't even get a choice about whether or not you're using the mail for that reason exactly but also folks who live in rural areas that would not get serviced by somewhere like fedex or ups and if they did, they're going to cost you, like, $20 a letter exactly. as opposed to, like, the cost of one stamp. And, I mean, like, I, I could rail about the post office for, like, <laughs> ever. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's not supposed to make money. It's, no. it's a public service. Like, yeah. military 
doesn't make money either, at least not for the people. It might right. for Halliburton, you know, indirectly. Right. But, right. you know, that's the thing, is that it was never supposed to turn a profit. Right. It's not, that's not what, how, how dare. Well, how like, dare. <laughs> it started as a source, so that way everybody could get mail. Because originally, like, letter carriers were a privatized business that only the rich could afford. And Pony Express. Yeah, exactly. And look at us now. That's what we're being forced back into. This is like over a hundred years ago, at least. Um, like this is one. This was supposed to be one of the most unbiased, like government-provided systems that we have, and now we're trying to dis- just destroy it for no real reason. Yeah, I mean, really, it's very transparent and blatant the sabotage that is happening here. That again, not only hurts. Just, you know, normal everyday Americans, yeah. but also is going to interfere, interfere with the election itself. I mean, you know, three months ago, we thought the Postal Service was fine for sending out COVID checks. Mm-hmm. We thought it was fine for people sending in their taxes. Yep. We thought it was fine for, you know, people receiving their stuff from the DMV. Like, it, it it's so transparent and ridiculous that we even have to defend this. And that, like, if I was describing this year to someone from, like, 2010, like, none of it would sound... And you could, like, slip a lie in there. It would exactly. be like, which one sounds less realistic? It's right, like, it's like the two oh, truths and a lie game. The yeah. attempted destruction of the Postal Service and the global pandemic that everyone has to stay inside and wear masks. Obviously, that's the thing that's not true. Right? <laughs> Uh, well, I, I remember seeing another meme online this week where it was like, um, 2016, sure, Trump has some bad policies, but he can't really be that bad. And then it's like 2020. If we if we buy enough stamps, we can save the United States Postal Service just long enough to try and get somebody competent to beat it, a pandemic that like, I don't know if you saw the, the city where, where COVID started, ha- got to have oh, a, Wuhan? Yeah, yeah, got to have a fucking pool party right like it's it's like the it, someone said to me earlier this week it's the equivalent of like the rest of the world getting like the pizza party in the class while like we have to go sit in the corner yeah like because we can't get our shit together <laughs> exactly when we can't and we should be in that corner until we can get it together fuck right. like between that and like the cancellation of the patriot act on netflix i'm just like jesus christ yeah. Guys, guys, we canceled the wrong Patriot Act. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I've been sitting on that one. That's um, good one. I, I think other people have said it, but, eh. you know, really, the fact that, like, someone made the comparison on Twitter, too, that, like, this year we're canceling a late night show, you know, late night, you know, kind of politics driven show run by a person of color during an election season. And then I think of, like, yeah, 2016 was when they canceled Larry Wilmore's show, The Nightly Show. And, like, again, the only show on television that was showing perspectives of, like, non-white, like, comedy-based political analysts. And um, so the fact that, like, they're cutting off Patriot Act right before the election, it just makes me fucking nervous. It makes me nervous. Yeah. It's happening again. Uh, it's fine. It's it's fine. It's fine. It's it, it's fine. It, it's fine. It's great. I love it. It's great. Um, huh. but at least uh, we have Dolly Parton. <laughs> I love Dolly Parton. We stand okay. a queen. We stand a queen. We always have, of course, but even more so now. Like she's always know. been a queen, but she's now even more so. She's moved up. She's not a queen anymore. She's just godliness. Well, and she's, you know, she's done some great things in her career. I mean, I could go on for, again, hours about Dolly Parton and her literacy programs and her just goodwill towards human beings and and funding a lot of really, really cool stuff. She's helped fund some of the uh, pandemic, like, vaccine research, Mm -hmm. which has been really cool. Uh, But yeah, she publicly announced, you know, she was like, of course I'm here for Black Lives Matter. What are you guys talking about? Like... Yeah, when people say that, like, they're hurting from something, like, you need to listen to them. And it's not our place to, like, say that that's not happening to them or that it's not valid or that it doesn't matter. 
And so there have been people that have, you know, thrown little tant- temper tantrums, including one, uh, like, mid-level, I guess, country dude. Mm-hmm. And, like, he, in the span of, like, six hours, lost all of his endorsement deals. Yep. And uh, basically was told, like, you know, you're not going to play anywhere, like, live under your current stage name ever again because, right. like, you don't insult Dolly Parton <laughs> and call her names, which is what he did. He fucked around Twitter. and he found out. He fucked around and he found out, like, you don't come for the queen, you better come correct if you're gonna. You better have and your aim he did, straight. He did, in fact, not come correct. He also, he, I guess he was the guy who was on, like, Squidbillies. Yeah. I guess I've never watched that show. I never did either, but I saw that. Show. And they're like, and, uh, nope. Yeah, they fired his ass from that show, too. So, you know, yeah. don't come for Dolly Parton. Don't cut. She's not wrong, first oh. of all. And don't come for Dolly Parton. Like, she will make sure that, like... You will be taken care of. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't even have to. Be, she doesn't even have to. Like, no, we she will do it a for her. <laughs> That's right. People were like, "Oh, you're coming after Dolly Parton? Like, what the Yikes. fuck is wrong with you?" Uh, a lot now. Unemployment's definitely on the list. Um, so right. it was like literally six hours, like you were saying, of like him insulting her, and then him going on is uh, going on again about. I hope you guys are happy that you cost someone their livelihood. And it's like, weren't you just trying to cancel Dolly fucking Parton? Like, <laughs> tried Did to you come forget? for the queen. Yeah. You missed her crown, uh, buddy. Jesus <laughs> buddy. Buddy. <laughs> Speaking of uh, garbage people from the South, the St. Louis couple who famously uh, waved their guns at the Black Lives Matter protesters uh, about a month yeah, or so racist back. racist Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, to the mustard shirt lady who clearly yeah. doesn't have any kind of pistol discipline ever and has never no. taken a class at all. Uh, they have been invited well, to speak. that would get in the way of her day drinking. Right. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, you can either hold a gun the right way or you can keep your fingers nice and loose so that way you can hold a martini at the same time. In the same true. Hand. Um, you know, that but, would also yeah. take away from her time of pointing the gun directly at her husband because she yeah. doesn't know how to use it correctly. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, have you seen this? Fuck you. Anyway, they're speaking at the uh, Republican National Convention. That's the thing. Yeah, so is that little racist prick who yeah. was uh, being a piece of shit to that uh, that gentleman at the protest a while back. No, the Native American gentleman. Yeah, I the, remember Yeah, him. the Native American gentleman. I, I can't even remember the circumstances of why he got in his face, but yeah. yeah. Doing the face that every woman and person of color knows yep. that white men make when they're feeling very smug and self-satisfied. And guess what? You fucking suck, dude. Like, you suck so you. hard. So fucking hard. Uh, let it be said that you suck so hard. We, on this podcast, endorse the fact that you suck so hard. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Covington High or whatever it is can go suck several to many eggs. All of them. All Several. the rotten ones. I'm going to go to Costco and I'm going to get the 60 count thing of eggs. They're actually out of eggs at our Costco. What? I, we could not find them at all today. How are they going to suck all these eggs, Trisha? They're, maybe that's why they're gone. Somebody's already on it. <laughs> you know what? They are the true patriots. That's a true patriot act. That's a true that's act true. of patriotism. <laughs> It's not about eggs. It's about not about eggs. It's about it's freedom. About losing your to freedom. Make people suck on <laughs> eggs. America. Anyway, oh. dear patriot who purchased all those eggs. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. <laughs> no, so I did. I did want to bring it up because I did. Uh, I, I put it on our our social feed for the podcast on Twitter the other night. Colorado. And Jared Polis are looking for submissions for new art to go on our driver's licenses. And I think we could come up with some really good stuff. I don't know about you. I think we could. Um, First of all, and quite obviously, it has to be our logo. That neon pink Masada defense and offense. Like, I mean, we are obviously, undeniably... The most recognizable Colorado-based podcast in the whole state. <laughs> Without a doubt, we're manifesting it, okay? We're manifesting it. Uh, That's true. It's, it's on my... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Are we allowed to say vision board? Is that appropriation? 
It might be. Let's leave it on. Let's 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 I'm gonna just put say it on my inspo. my corkboard. Your of Pinterest pictures of things that I want in my life. Manifestation <laughs> board. I don't freaking know. Uh, That's correct. Uh, yeah. I thought that, you know that... maybe like it could just be a picture of Keanu Reeves' face from mm-hmm. when he was in uh, Things to Do in Denver when you're dead. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Or it could be when we get it, when it'll happen. It could be our Bennigans with Robert Pattinson. Just it could just be a eating. picture of the Overlook Hotel from The Shining. Ah, there you go. There you and... go. It could be. Uh, uh, I mean, obviously, weed. <sighs> weed. True. Um, because that's all we're known for, I guess. Um, so I'm sure there will be lots of skiing because that's apparently a thing people do in Colorado. It sounds guess. fake, but that's I mean, what I've heard. Sitting in I-70 traffic, nice little panorama of all the cars going right? up the mountains. <laughs> right, or just any of our major highways. Um, <laughs> Could we? Oh, no, no, no. Just do, like, port green chili. <laughs> Not with, like, the bowl outlining it. It's just yeah. so it looks like a cauldron of, like, bubbly sadness. <laughs> and it's on the back of your driver's license. Yep, look at my it poop looks bucket. Like your face is floating in poop. <laughs> God, hit too ho- close to home there. Uh- I know. <laughs> I mean, what if it was like a picture of a cow? <laughs> I mean, we do have all those cows downtown. It when could be stock all the show happens. The whole goddamn state smells like cow yep. for like two weeks. It could just oh, be all of our month, famous really. sculptures. Like, Can you take a picture of the smell of cow? Uh, I mean, just take a picture of Greeley. The Greeley sign. Yeah, the opposite yeah. of Hawaii. The opposite of Hawaii. It's true. Hawaii of Colorado. <laughs> um, it could just be all of our sculptures. So, like, the big blue bear. Oh, that, see, that, now you're actually thinking of a good one. Like, Oh, you're right. But what if it's just Lucifer, but, like, a like a zoom in on his butthole? And it would be like, Lucifer, be like the red eyes, I don't like, know if you right realize this, but... On your license. Well, we, then we'd have to install tiny LEDs. I don't make the rules. Well, um, here's the thing. Like, if you have Lucifer on your driver's license, I don't think you can, like, lie about your height or your weight anymore. Right. On your driver, because Lucifer will know and he will judge you. He will, and he will smite you Off if you hail. lie about your weight on your driver's license. I like. I don't know if you realize this, but Lucifer is actually like an anatomically correct statue aside from. Oh, he's blue. got some balls. Yeah. What if we just have that? Lucifer, Come to Colorado, where you can have some see balls. Some, see some horse balls. Yeah. 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 I mean, what else is like good? Famously, a good thing about Colorado besides that, honestly. Uh, famously they've good already, they've already got mountains on the <laughs> right we've already got flowers oh I, yeah like the like the columbine flowers or whatever yeah, that's, those would be you know that's classy yeah it's they've already got it on the current one it's raised and on the background it's like right trust parrot um yes i mean we've got the broncos i guess um Yo, no none of the sports shit no Just thank you stupid. Like they made the players. I guess the players were practicing today, and it was like ninety something degrees in the sun, ugh. or no, it was ninety something degrees in the shade. That's yeah, what it, was. it was like a hundred degrees like, today. It was like hundred something in the sun with like the players wearing all their crap and like and masks. Just seems the whole thing just seems. I, I I did read that Colorado has been running really warm for the entire month of August. Yeah. There's only been like two days in this month that have been under the average normal temperature for Colorado. So, like, every other, like, 15 days this month have been Over, uh, above in, in the, the average 90s. temperature for Colorado, which is, like, not a great sign going yeah. into the fall. Like, I don't know what it means necessarily for the upcoming season, but, like, right. it's just, again, like, those little reminders that, like, everything about this year is awful. Right. And <laughs> it it's still hot. Sucks. The air <laughs> is filled with smoke, and there's a pandemic, and, yeah, it's it's not great. It's not great. And we don't need sports. Just gonna say it. We don't need them. That's fair. I like. I just don't get it. Like, if you have to walk through a mister of sanitizer in order to play your sports ball, is it truly worth it? And and what exactly is that mister going to do? Like, yeah. In reality, from like an infection control standpoint, it makes little to no sense. Well, they keep having to like. Uh, if if you guys haven't seen this, they literally were having the football players walk through like what looks like a metal detector with like 
you know when you're at a theme park and they have like the misters you can walk through yeah when it's like hot and you're like getting off a ride or whatever and you walk through like the hydration misters it's a lot like that yeah. but it's filled with like hand sanitizer that right. they're spraying directly onto their faces right and it's like isn't that <laughs> not like a good? silkwood shower last i checked <laughs> we weren't supposed to uh like ingest that no no it's not great no matter what the president says uh, don't drink bleach. Don't Fuck. drink bleach. <laughs> uh, if, if you have no other reason to vote for Joe Biden in November, remember, Joe Biden does not want you to drink bleach. He's even said, I can't believe I had to say this. Please don't drink don't bleach. Don't drink bleach. Well, that and like, like people, like these sports teams keep having to like stop practicing because they keep getting diagnosed with COVID. It's like, well, just stop altogether. But yeah. Well, and even some of the schools, even some of the colleges that had opened up, you know, for some on-campus life and like things like that are like slowly starting to be like, ah, like, mm-hmm. no, we can't do this actually. And it's problematic in that, you know, all you need is one kid to get it and they go to their dorm room with like four other people and then they get it and mm-hmm. then like whole building gets it. Like, I, I want to say it was uh, Notre Dame had like several hundred infected within the span of like a week and it's because uh, they were attributing it primarily to off-campus parties well yeah like again you just can't control it like when you have that many people in close quarters like that it's just not gonna happen yeah well that and then i saw on twitter earlier this week about um a girl whose friend had sent her son to school wearing one mask and he came back wearing another child's mask because they swapped Oh, so horrifying and they don't know because they were young they were like kid or like elementary school age like they don't know That you can't do that because if they have something cool and they want to trade, then they'll trade. That's just how kids are. Exactly. And that's what happened. And yeah, now she's like, I'm going to be in fear of his life for the next two weeks. So Uh, a lot of Colorado uh, schools are going back this week. And it's just really scary to like know that part of the reason we have not seen a lot of pediatric cases leading up to this is at least in part due to the fact that like there haven't been kids in schools. We took the kids out of the schools before this became a huge thing. And now we're just opening it up for everyone to get really sick because these kids are going to get sick and they're going to bring it home to their families. It's going to be awful. (sighs) It just makes me sad. It makes me really sad. It's really sad to think about. Yeah. I mean, you know, November is going to be here sooner than we know it, and hopefully that will help things out. Um, but there's still going to be a lot of damage done. There's still over 170,000 Americans dead at this point. Which, mm-hmm. again, when we started this podcast, that was not supposed to happen. <laughs> like, this, that was not something that we predicted right. happening. We um, honestly didn't even think we were going to be going this long. No, I mean, yeah. You know, we were like, oh, maybe it'll go 12 weeks, whatever. I mean, right. Uh, that's also with like some of like the furlough periods people had been having. We were like, oh, being 12, like 12, 12 to 16 weeks. All right. All right. All right. And like, yeah. you know, we're well, at, we're fi- over five months into this and it's not slowing down. Here, here are some numbers also that I was looking up uh, as we were just talking a little bit ago about schools. Mississippi went back a couple days ago, almost a week ago. 71 of Mississippi's 82 counties are now reporting COVID-19 outbreaks in their schools. Confirmed cases, students, 199, teachers, 245, students, that have to be quarantined for two weeks due to exposure to other students who have tested positive confirmed 2,035 students and 589 teachers. And like not even all the schools in Mississippi, like went back until today. Um, It's just absolute. And the, the governor there, I guess there was like an 80% of the population of Mississippi was saying, please don't send the kids back. But the governor was really pushing it and making it a huge part of his, uh, agenda to like get kids back in school so that he could claim it as a victory yeah and now it's causing like a public health crisis right yeah and i mean who knows if and or when he'll acknowledge it and just the fact that like um that like what are the like with the with the schools in mississippi it's like how big are these schools too like that could just be Mm -hmm. their population of their school like that could be an entire entire school exactly an entire city now yeah exactly because what was the point of it you know, so it's just sad that we're putting people at risk that don't need to be put at risk and like that don't have any say about whether or not they're being put at risk. 
Um, right, and like a lot of folks don't have the privilege or the ability to either homeschool fully or or have these other options. Like if, if learning the, pod. Yeah, yeah, Jesus Christ! If I hear one more entitled white person talk to me about learning pods and how five families down the street are going to all go in together on a tutor. Mm-mm. And it's like, no, stop it. Stop, stop it. it. And then they're going to complain about the price because it's five, at least five kids getting tutored by one person. Right. <sighs> well, and the fact that like you're taking your kids actually, and Colorado actually is really good about offering either a hybrid model where you go in for part of it and you do half of it virtual or doing yeah. all of it virtual if you so choose. Yeah. Uh, depending on the school district you're in, they're offering some variation on that, right? And so, like, the idea that, like, you're spitting in the face of the idea of doing things virtually so that your kid can have a, quote, like, classroom experience. Yeah. So you're taking them out of the public school system. And, like, DPA, Denver Public Schools actually released a memo on this earlier this week. They're saying, you know, so when you do this, like, we can't count your child towards, like, the census of the school. And there's, like, certain amounts of, like, government funding that go into, like, how many kids are enrolled in the school. Like, that's just the economics of running a city and a school district. And the idea that, like, because you're doing this and because you're kind of undermining the existing structure and also your kids are not going to be guaranteed to be getting, you know, the education that is called for in their school district, you're more than likely taking your kid out of lockstep with the other kids in their district and not putting them on the same, like, learning path. So it's just going to disrupt everything when in six months to a year, you try to dunk your kid right back into the school system. And it it's kind of like socially traumatic if on top of everything else. And it's just like these parents that are really throwing this temper tantrum about, you know, the learning pods and all these things, like we should be able to choose, are willfully ignoring A, their privilege of the situation, and B, trying to make themselves into victims by saying that like, well, just because my child's white and I can afford this, why are you going to victimize them? Oh my gosh. You're making it racist because I'm white and I can afford it. That's not how racism works. No. And so, yeah, the the school district was trying to address some of these concerns and, like, why pulling your kid out, if if you're only pulling them out, if you're pulling them out to, like, homeschool them indefinitely, that's a different decision you're making than if you're deciding, well, I'm just going to opt out of these six months of school in in any form, virtual or not, and really just trying to explain to these parents, like, again, the impact that their choices are having and these parents just not caring. Right, yeah. And And it's just, it's, it just makes me kind of sick like right, to yeah. think about it just shows that it's very selfish because like they aren't putting their children's needs they aren't thinking about their children's needs they're thinking about what's easiest for them personally and like right. what's the most convenient i.e. the thing that they can throw the most money at to make this easier on them which there are parents that like they truly need to make that it's hard for them to decide like what they're going to do this year uh, I have a friend who her son starts kindergarten this year and like she mm-hmm. works for a grocery store right now. Yeah. So it's not something that she can just stay at home and do with him. So like hugely stressful situation. Yeah, exactly. You understand. You have a little one that like is in I daycare. I have a little one that thankfully is yeah, he's in daycare. Yeah. And thankfully is is young enough and, and daycare has extremely strict rules about yeah. uh quarantining and if you someone in your immediate family has tested positive, like your child will not be coming into school until right. you know, like that yada yada yada. Like and if the school even finds if the daycare we use like even finds out that you aren't social distancing and that you're being loose and goose about it, like they can reserve the right to say that your child can't come to school. Exactly. Um but yeah, like going to, to a normal like kindergarten and up school is a completely different ball game and like That's i don't true. i don't like the idea that like parents are being forced into the decision of like whether or not to put their child in danger yeah what i am referring to no yeah is of the choices that parents are making that are ultimately not only like putting setting their chi- their own children back by like taking them out of the social environment virtually or not that you know means they can be on the same like level as their peers and keep getting the education that like they should be getting at the same time it's like there's other kids that don't have access to this at all and you're basically saying well like screw my community screw right, these yeah. other kids i do not care right and like guess what these kids are going to grow up and they're going to remember like you these know parents that they were treated these ways and like right. it's just it's it's just it's hard to see this like racist ass system in action over right. and over and over again well and classes too because that's that's more what i meant too is like yeah. There, are these par- there are parents that 
this is an incredibly difficult challenge in time for them, especially with uh-huh. the, the jobs they work and and then the the situation that they're in. And then there are the parents that they don't have to worry about those kind of same kind of struggles as us quote unquote normal people because you know we would be racist if we pointed out the fact that they're acting privileged and throwing money at their problems rather than actually thinking and stopping for a minute and caring about others like that's what i was getting at there is like there yeah it's just it just shows their privilege even further no so. i mean it's the the and the thing that sucks about it is that it's deeply complicated oh yeah you know it's it's again like not just about yeah like about your your child's safety and your child's yeah. emotional and educational well-being and like what is going to affect them further down the line what's more traumatic for them you know and what's you know less convenient for you versus like what can you afford versus is that socially responsible exactly and so like it's not like there are easy answers here by any means but yeah of course the middle of a pandemic is a difficult time to challenge people on their deep set ingrained racist you know values and even acknowledging that some of their values are, are rooted in racism is you know an difficult. upward battle which yeah. you know it's the one that we're currently stuck in the middle in as a as a nation so you know obviously we're going to tackle that on our podcast about farts and robert pattinson and Bennigan's. right yeah we're multi- we're multifaceted, just like what yeah, our we, political system should be. Yeah, we have layers like an onion, and we have farts like an onion. We got stank going like after an the, onion. Going after the Gen Z Shrek demographic with that <laughs> reference. I guess Shrek is like really big with Gen Z. It is, yeah. I guess well, like it's they like, see it. it's like come around the corner again to be like funny again to Gen Z. Well, it's it's kind of more like my age and younger because of the we got that little bit of an age difference because i remember seeing like remember when shrek came out like how what my age was and like because you're uh, kind of a baby millennial and i'm more of an elder millennial yeah i'm like a i'm like i'm baby it's me i'm I'm baby i baby i'm baby no i'm like the middle child millennial that's fair. Which is also telling in my life. Um, I'm the elder millennial that knows how to dial a rotary phone and had dial-up as a that. kid. And, yeah. You know, all those things. But then I also, like, know how to rotate a PDF. Right. So well, I know I how to like, do all you know, that. I'm not completely useless. And my first social media was MySpace. Because I know that you had kind of missed, you were a little bit older for MySpace, so it wasn't quite your jam. I did, I did out. miss MySpace a little. Uh, there were my yeah. peers. Some of my peers did use it heavily. It was yeah. more of like the like the punk side used MySpace. And I was a nerd, and I read a lot of fan fiction. <laughs> uh, so I read. I was on Live Journal, and the Live Journal cesspool of um, fan fiction trash. You know, fan fiction trash, and like <laughs> meeting. You know, all the other fan fiction writerinos of the time see yeah, i i missed i missed that in terms of my uh my generational social media development <laughs> yeah it's like the the people my age and younger are all still kind of obsessed with shrek in a bad way um mm-hmm. but yeah i know it's been a, definitely a meme uh um center point i guess for about like five or six years Especially the somebody once told once me. Once told me. Don't but, yeah. Also, we don't stand Smash Mouth in this house. They can We're go not, apparently not allowed to anymore, them which bums me out. Fire. Because I actually really do like that song. I love that song. And they have other good songs. But when they say things like, fuck coronavirus, let's go play at Sturgis. Um, That's true. To thousands of people that aren't wearing masks. Yeah. It's not great. It's not, not great. great. Smash yeah. Mouth, get your shit together and... Cover your up. smash mouth with a mask. In a basket. Cover your smash mouth with a mask. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting in the next couple weeks just in Colorado to see how these fires develop, you know, as we kind of go into, you know, the continuing <laughs> electoral season about, you know, how volatile it's going to get in Colorado. It's going to get it's going to get weird, you guys. Buckle up. <laughs> Buckle the fuck up. Buckle the fuck up. Hold on to your Bennigans. Let's do this shit. <laughs> also, Bennigans, uh, I noticed that uh, I've got my DMs open for Bennigans, so... 
I had to put mine whenever on lockdown they, whenever so they want to go through. That's true. That's true. I, I think when it's funny because I occasionally put my my social medias on lockdown because I just get overwhelmed by the bigness of the world. That's fair. <laughs> so now it's your turn. Now it's but, my turn um, for other reasons, but either way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just get anxious and paranoid and <laughs> mildly PTSD about the number of people that read my words. Right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, I... I'm going to be interested to see in the next couple weeks, especially as, again, the the powder keg, and I guess the, the keg full of smoky ash that is Colorado, yeah. if things start to change in the state and, like, we actually see some good news for once, I think people just need some good goddamn news and not that John Krasinski nonsense. No, like, we actually you. need, like, something, sold you know, out. actionable going on where you know he is a sellout i mean he's doing what he does right but good for him i suppose but also Ugh. why do you have to go and be, do that buddy i think patrick willems's youtube channel has talked about this far more at length than i intend to so i'll defer to that but that's um, fair yeah i mean we we need some good news we do and so if you guys uh, you know any of the listeners have some good news to send us not ha- some good news, TM John Krasinski. No. Some good news. Just lowercase, some good lowercase g good news. Yeah, just something nice. Some nice news. How's that? How nice. about some nice? Some nice. Some nice. nice. Maybe if Paul M. Mangiamelli, who is the CEO of Bennigan's, wanted to slide into <gasps> our DMs, uh, we could oh my God. have a I'd conversation be so excited. about opening up a Bennigan's. And, you know, I gotta say, like, we can look like adults if we have to. Yeah, I can do that. Um, I can personally make a call to <laughs> whatever talent agency represents Robert Pattinson. Yeah. <laughs> and try yeah. and get him for the opening <laughs> of the Imaginary Bennigans. We will have an Aurora at about Parker and Orchard. You should really look at that location. There's plenty of space so there. So much space. Please, please come to Aurora Bennigans. Anywho. I think that's where we should leave it off for the week. Uh, again, send us some nice news. Nice. Send us some and nice. If you have a hookup at Bennigan's, you should contact uh, the 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 socials. The Instagram's uh, the still Twitters, open. On the Twitters and the Instagrams, the po- we're, the, we're the there. Pod Instagram is open. The, MS, our learning at, pod. MSOTF podcast. Yeah, um, my side of the fence know. pod. Yeah, that's correct. Got, those correct. are the two things. Please if you have an email somewhere and. Give us some some hot Bennigan's infos. Yeah, and maybe, just maybe, slide our info into Bennigan's DMs. Also, Bennigan's uh, Rialto downtown on 16th Street is closing, and that would be a great location for a Bennigan's. So centralized. So right off the light rail. I'm going to be like drawn and quartered by people who love Rialto and brunch. But Bennigan's, here's how you get around this. Okay, so the thing Rialto does is you have like a Bloody Mary bar and a um a mimosa bar. Oh. So like if it's just the same thing and it's just Bennigan's, but if you have a mimosa bar and a Bloody Mary bar, people will go. People will go. That's a gift for you for free. Yeah. From me. One of our many yes. that we offer. We have so many good ideas. We are so great. We're really great and you'll love us. You just, it might take some time, but you'll find your way. You'll find it in your heart. Look, <laughs> just like I will, Edward I said to Bella. I will build some mozzarella sticks into my noom budget for the day. Yeah. If Bennigan's came to Colorado. You know, I would drive lots of miles. Maybe twenty five. Maybe fifteen. Drive five hundred miles. Lots of miles. And I would drive probably not more than that, but I would drive like that much for Bennigan's. Maybe not five hundred. Because I mean downtown is like fifteen miles away. That's about as far as I'd go. Maybe twenty. I mean I'd drive I'd drive an hour for Bennigan's, which again is not five hundred miles, but I wanted it to be like the song. I know. And I think I would do it once. I would drive to like Kansas City like once for Bennigan's. For the content. 
Berta. Berta. I mean, also because I know people in Kansas City, That's so fair. I could just, like, make a weekend of it, I guess. Like, if there's not a pandemic going on, but there right. totally is, so I would just be going for Bennigan's at that point. Exactly. So, and then we would have to have a car picnic at Bennigan's, because I'm not going to eat in the dining room during a pandemic, unless we're the first people there, because we helped launch the Bennigan's. Yeah. Bennigan's, come to Aurora, Colorado. All right. So that's about all we have for this week. <laughs> we will speak to you next week and be in your ear holes and your hearts and your mind holes. Mm-hmm. Um, have some nice. Trisha, do, you, Trisha, <laughs> do you have anything before we go? Uh, have have some nice. Do some nice. Uh, wear a mask. Uh, get ready to get your spoopy buttholes ready for the spoopinings that are happening. It's true. And you know what? Be nice. Be nice. That's nice. All right, How about you, fam. Caitlin? We will see you next time. On the flippity flap. On the flippity flap Bennigan's wap. Bye. Bye. Bye.